Solar Panel, The Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning and welcome to another good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. Welcome to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. I'm Dave King and I have a special guest with me today. His name is Eric Pincus. Eric is a guy who, who has worked in the industry, got a lot of contacts in the around the NBA right now. He's with Bleacher Report. How you doing, Eric? Not too bad. Happy to be here. Let's uh, Let's talk NBA. Yeah, we are going to check in with Eric on all the rumors going around. The trade deadline is, I believe, February 10th, which is about three weeks from now. Uh, there are some teams who've already started making some trades around the NBA, some small ones, mostly financially oriented so far, it seems like. Uh, last year, James Jones, about this time, made a, an, um, an under-the-radar you know, kind of under trade for Torrey Craig for cash. And uh, he actually added to that rotation, you know, for the, that helped the Suns make the finals last year. So this is a good time to talk about trade rumors. Eric Pincus is in the know. He's, he, he talks to a lot of people in the industry, a lot of people in the in front offices and other media as well. So we're, I'm going to pick Eric's brain today. First of all, before we get into Suns related stuff, because this is a Phoenix Suns podcast, I just want to talk about the overall feeling of this trade deadline. Do you think, Eric, that a lot of movement is going to happen, or do you think for whatever reason this will be a, a quiet deadline? Uh, well, I think it's already busy. I mean, we the trades that have gone through have not been blockbusters, right? We just saw Cam Reddish get traded. There's a, a Bryn Forbes trade that is, I don't know if it's executed That's yet, true. but it's coming. Uh, the Lakers made a Rondo trade with the Cavs. The, there's one more. There was another money deal. Well, there was Detroit Bull Bull, but ultimately he he failed the physical. But still, it it it's a, it was a, an agreed to trade. A, a trade call happened. It just didn't uh, you know go mm -hmm. through. So, uh, the 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 main overarching view of the NBA is that almost no teams have money this offseason in free agency. There's very little. I mean, it, it may be the tightest market since I've been covering the league and I'd, I'd have to go back uh, like at, at least this cba or even the previous one like uh we're in the 2017 cba collective bargaining agreement you go back to the 2011 certainly from 2011 on this is the tightest uh, i'd have to look further and in, into i wasn't as uh this, i didn't keep track of this aspect of the business uh as much in in that previous decade but um because there's no money a lot of teams are treating this free agent or rather this trade deadline as like a de facto free agent period. If, if you want to sign, for instance, Colin Sexton, I use him as an example. The Cavaliers may not re-sign him. They might. He's a restricted free agent. There might be value in his rights trading for him now so that you have him as a restricted free agent. And since no one else has any more money, uh, you could probably re-sign him at a below market deal than if you know he hadn't gotten hurt. And if you don't have his rights, you have to make a big enough offer to scare off the Cavs. Maybe you can get him for 12, 13, 14, 15 million a year. Whereas maybe in a normal market, he'd be trying to get 20. Now, obviously he's hurt. So that's, um, you know, changed things a bit. Uh, but this was a discussion right. I was having before he got hurt. And then, uh, and it still holds because a team that, might view him as you know he'll recover he'll be you know he'll be a nice uh, scoring punch to a team there are a lot of teams that just need scoring uh like when the jazz got jordan clarkson that really changed who they were and jordan clarkson is not a good fit for every team but that was a team that has a very structured way of playing and they needed a guy who could just get 
buckets off the bench. And Colin Sexton, I think, to a lot of teams represents that. I don't know if he's a starter necessarily for every team. Uh, probably not for most teams. But for a few teams, he could be really valuable. And and the point is, is teams are approaching it that kind of way. So like, a, you know, the Pelicans have a big trade exception, about $17 million for Steven Adams. If they can use that to get a player that they would try to go after this summer, it's not necessarily they're a buyer so that they jump to contention because they're pretty awful this year, but it's more like they're a buyer because, you know, this, Zion hasn't played. There's a lot of reasons why they're not good, uh, even beyond Zion. Uh, but uh, you get your player now that you would go after otherwise in the summer because they, they just don't have that same kind of money. That's really interesting. I hadn't even thought about that yet. Uh, Eric is a, is a great cap strategist. He's been involved in, in cap analysis for many years. And we had him on this podcast earlier this year talking about DeAndre Ayton and all that. And so, I, I, you know, what you're saying rings so true is that if there's no cap room this summer, then this is the time to buy for next year. It's not like they're, it's not just contenders buying for uh, the rest of this season. It can be someone like you just said, a Pelicans buying for next year. And if you've got Colin Sexton already in your fold, for example, um, then you've got bird rights to be able to re-sign him. Whereas, um, like you said, there's no money in free agency. There's only a few teams, what, three teams with significant money this summer in free agency? I mean, realistically, it's three. At this point, it's it's Detroit with the most. And the in, uh, these are very loose numbers, but let's call it 35. And, uh, you know, call it just around under 30 for the Spurs and under 30 for the Magic. Uh, and then technically the the... The Grizzlies can have some, maybe like fifteen-ish or so. I'd have to double check what the they they extended con, Conchar, so I need to rerun that. But uh, and 17, then seventeen rebound, uh, John Conchar. Yeah, he had a great right? game. Can't believe that. Uh, but it, you know, seventeen million isn't a ton. It, but it, if you have anything more, like, what most teams will have uh, is what's called the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is going to be. We'll call it uh, ten million dollars. We're you know we'll, we'll round it down or round it up, whatever. Ten million dollars. So if you have cap room above ten million, you might be able to outbid the rest of the teams that only have ten. So if you have eleven, that might not make a difference. But if you have twelve, if you have fourteen, that'll make a difference. You know what I mean? So if the Grizzlies have fourteen or fifteen, they could probably get a player that maybe they wouldn't normally get because uh you know it's not necessarily like a you know a destination market even though they're really really good and and you know winning is why people want to go to places but really they want to go first for you know to get paid as much money as they can because you, they right. should it's it's a very you have a very short career in the NBA very few people have the longevity of a LeBron James or uh, you know guys who play 20 years most guys play 4 years 5 years mm -hmm. uh 8 years 10 years so if you can get that that money when you can get it, then it, you know it doesn't really matter necessarily where you play. Like the Grizzlies are really good is is awesome too. Um, like the Thunder don't have money technically; they don't project to because we assume Derek Favors is going to opt in, and they have three firsts and first take up your cap room. So they have their own, they have the Clippers, and I think they have the Suns as well. Uh, and so, yeah. but they can you know they could trade out of Aiton. Not Aiden, sorry. Go back to uh, <laughs> we're trade. going to that later. <laughs> we'll get to that. They could trade out of favors, and yeah. they could trade one of those first to get out of favors, and they could draft their own pick, uh, and then the maybe like the Clippers pick or or the Suns pick, maybe draft a guy 
who's uh, uh, going to stay overseas, like a, a, a what they call a draft and stash, someone who's going to play um, in Europe, in China, somewhere where they're maybe they're even under contract still and aren't even available, but you draft them for down the road. And that could open up where I, I could get the, I can get the Thunder to maybe 17, 15, 17. But if they're out of, like, I can even get them to eight and kind of money, which is what that little Freudian slip was. They can kind of actually, they can almost get to eight and money if they trade enough players, if they really wanted to. So we'll get down to that later. But the point is, there's not a lot of money anywhere outside of those teams. But, and this is kind of brings us back to what we're talking about, uh, is, if you trade now, you might be able to get to cap space to make a run at one of those players. So, for instance, the Thunder right now have up to $35 million in cap space. They could absorb someone on a massive sal- salary, and they have incentive to do so. Um, you know, We don't have to get into the detail, but they're below the, the minimum team salary, what's called the floor. So it's basically right free now. for them. Right. And if they can so you're saying, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me just jump in real Good. quick because we, we, uh, you said the Thunder this summer won't have cap room but right now they have a ton of cap room that's what you're saying right i mean it's what i'm almost saying they they can have cap room and they will have cap room but today they don't have cap room it's really weird um they are actually over the i I I mean this season they have cap room because they're under they could have cap room and they probably will have cap room today they don't (laughs) (laughs) um i'd have to double check the proration like basically they're they're over by exceptions which is you know complicated basically they have a trevor reza trade exception they have a george hill trade exception they're about 10 million a little bit under they have their mid-level exception what's remaining they have their biennial exception they have cap holds to uh former players including nick collison who works in their front office uh and some geely guy well not like some some guys who were on two-way deals that are free agents that technically they have the rights to and they take up cap space. But the moment that the Trevor Reza exception expires or when those mid-level exceptions, uh, biannual exceptions prorate down enough, at some point they will be under. So today they're not under. They will most likely be under very soon. And the amount that they would be under is in the neighborhood of 35. So uh, if they took a player on, like uh, I'm I'm just going to throw out something ridiculous that's not going to happen. But let's say they took on Westbrook for favors. Right. So favors makes about 10. Westbrook makes about 44. So that mathematically, it, it's not going to happen. But, you know, the Thunder wouldn't do that. But let's say they would. They're only, if they did it on exactly the halfway point of the season, they're only credited with half of Westbrook's salary. So 22 million. And if they're, you know, so they're under the floor, they're only at about 80 million. So they, they're, that would kind of get them to the floor. So, that would basically be taking on Westbrook for nothing. And if the Lakers gave like a first and maybe THT, then you're getting a first and THT basically for free. The problem with Westbrook is that he has 47 million the next year. And that's something that I don't think the Thunder are have any interest in because yeah, they might go into the cap. They, they, they don't want to certainly don't want to be a tax team. You know, they're still paying Kemba Walker's money. Mm -hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander has an extension kicking in. So, um, but these are the kind of decisions that you know. Every team has its own uh, journey, its own cap situation, its own uh, asset situation, its own uh, you know whether or not they're the the Warriors, the Suns, the 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 Bucks, the Nets, teams that are arguably in contention, and you have your teams like the Grizzlies uh, who might be in contention, the Lakers who would like to be and think they are, but haven't had, had AD for a while, and you know hope to get back to that. We'll see. 
Uh, and then you have teams like the Magic and and Pistons and Pacers who are, are sellers. You know, everyone has their own story, and so you know you have these thirty stories where they intersect is where you might be able to get a trade. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting. Um, what what has the injuries around the NBA done? to the market for example miles turner now has a stress reaction is that uh, i you or your colleague at br wrote that um his 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 value might be depressed now because of the stress reaction uh, you don't know how fast he's going to recover from that do you see that happening yeah well i had heard that dallas was the front runner to get turner uh, uh with a, an advantage that um is related to Rick Carlisle being the coach and valuing specific players in Dallas, maybe higher than other teams might. Uh, And the, I wrote before, after the news that he was getting a second opinion, but before the news that it was a stress reaction. And in that, I said that the results of whatever the foot injury is, because you don't get a second opinion. If the first opinion was, you know, it looks great. (laughs) Obviously something was, something was wrong. So, I reached out to a ton of people I know, and no one had a clue. Everyone was, you know, asking me, "Do you know? Do you do you know?" Because I, everyone was like, you know, this is serious. You know, if if he's out for the season, he he to me he was the most likely to be traded. Uh, and uh, I think Jake Fisher, who's my colleague over at Bleacher, at this point, his his focus was probably Jeremy Grant is the most likely player to be traded. And I think that shift was that it's a stress reaction. And so I think Dallas is probably backed off a bit. And at least that's the buzz. Uh, I have Charlotte as the favorite to get Jeremy Grant. I, I think mm. there are multiple ways they can get that done. They can get that done through Gordon Hayward, who tried to tried to go to Indiana in the first place, who went to Butler, which is in uh, the area. And so it would be going home for him. And um you know, you get Rick Carlisle. Charlotte as the uh, favorite for Turner or Turner. for Grant? Turner. 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 Gotcha. Dallas, I think, out. Well, no, I wouldn't say out, but backed off. Okay. And then, uh, and then Charlotte also has P.J. Washington. So if they don't go that way, like, because Charlotte is sort of still like, trying to identify who they are. Like, they, they know that, okay, LaMelo works. They're probably going to keep Bridges. They're really happy with Bridges. They've got a lot of young players. You, they, you know, extended Rogier. He's really good. Um, they're still trying to figure out exactly who they are. And so do you trade a veteran like Hayward who helps this team now uh, for Turner who helps the team in a different way but might also be injured? Uh, Or do you try to keep Hayward, take on that kind of money where you're paying Hayward and you're paying Turner? Turner's not outrageous, but he's in the neighborhood of 18 to 20. And uh, Hayward's like around low 30s, low to mid 30s, which is quite a bit. Or do you do something around P.J. Washington, uh, Mason Plumley, and then probably some other youthful considerations of which Charlotte probably has more than they can even develop. You know, you, you have only so many. You can only develop so many young players at a time. It's it, right. you know, they have to play to develop. So they're they probably got two or three more players than they'll I have the room to develop. Years ago, yeah. Right. So you know, it's it's and it might be a hi- it might be a hybrid. It might be I I don't know what it takes exactly to get out you know indiana off of turner it, it maybe if he was fully healthy maybe it was pj washington and hayward uh right. but now that he's hurt maybe now it's a lesser deal so um i think charlotte can be affo- can afford to be more patient with an injury like that if he doesn't play for two three if they don't trade for him till the deadline 
and he's back maybe a week or two or three later, then it was but worth there's it. a risk, but there's a risk maybe that he doesn't come back at all. And maybe yeah. you've hurt your playoff chance and they want to make the playoffs. So, you know, it's none of these things are, are black and white. These are, you're, you're usually as an, as a general manager, you're, you're not making the best decision. You're making, you're choosing the best option out of what's available at this time with the best information that you have. Which is why most of those trades don't happen until the deadline because you're trying to get all of your options on the table so you can you can make that, you know, decision at that point. That's that's absolutely true. You 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 want something, you're not going to get that something. Are you going to rush to get what you don't really want 100%? Usually yeah. a trade is like you get what you want 90%, 80%, 50%, 60%, enough yeah. that it's more maybe it's 50.01. Like it, <laughs> I don't think anyone makes a 50 50 trade, but they might make a 50.01 trade that you know just is like fine, we'll do it. Yeah. But they'll do right at the deadline cuz they're going to wait for that 60, 70, 80, 90 trade before that. Uh what about uh where do you see Jeremy Grant going? What's the who's the leader in the clubhouse for him? Uh, it's, it's harder to say. I had heard Dallas was a possibility as well. Um, so they could shift their attention there. Uh, it depends on, on, I think the, the Pistons evaluation on Dorian Finney Smith and how much, uh, they would like to, you know, would want to pay to keep him again. They have the money. They're in a market where not anyone else, you know, no one else really has money and, and you get his rights makes it a little easier. Uh, and, um, and, uh, I heard he the Pelicans worth actually twelve million over four years after this. I mean, uh, Grant. Yeah. So, uh, like I'd heard Grant really, you know, he's part of the reason why he left Denver to go to Detroit was the opportunity to be the central focus of the offense. And I really think, and for now, I've heard that that still matters to him, even though it's been a difficult run as far as he hasn't led the team to winning. But that's also because it hasn't been a good team. Uh, but like if you put him on a team, you know, for instance, the Warriors, who, um, you know, you could argue it. You could probably argue Turner for the Warriors more. I don't think they're going to make any move like that at all. Uh, maybe not even any move at all. Uh, but maybe the Lakers, like the Lakers could definitely use someone like Jeremy Grant uh, to help them defensively. Uh, but the problem there is, you know, to go to what Jeremy Grant, if Jeremy Grant really wants to be the primary offensive player, he's not going to be that in LA. And so if you're getting a player like that, is he worth that money? Is he going to want to take that money? Uh, it might be too much money for Grant to turn down, but there are a lot of teams that aren't interested in Grant because of that money. Like if they can get Grant, have him finish out his contract. I, I think Indiana, you can argue would want Grant if he didn't expect to have that big contract. So I, I'd heard Indiana on some level, um, and you could probably, if so, that could have probably been a Turner Grant trade because I know that the the Pacer, the rather the Pistons are looking for a young center. So at least that's what I've heard. So uh, you could argue that, but I think that that Grant expects to get that kind of money probably is too rich for for Indiana's blood, probably rightfully so, because by the time his extension kicks in and by the time it finishes, he is going to be in the low thirties. 33-ish around there, and and he's going to be paid close to 30 million by then if you ramp up his contract. And so that right. it's not worth it for everyone. It, it's definitely going to be worth it for someone, I think. Uh, but you know, well, like what's great, I can set the menu. I, I can set the table of what's going to be, you know, what the dis decisions are. Actually, knowing what the decisions will be, are you know, you can't really 
you can guess them and you can make educated guesses. And I feel like I have a pretty good track record on, on the guessing part, but I feel like where I excel is, is just mapping out where the discussion is. Sure. Um, okay. So what is the craziest thing you've heard that could possibly like from a front office person or whatever that could possibly happen, probably won't even, but what's the craziest, like, Oh my God, if that happened, that would be wild. <laughs> oh, I hadn't, I, I don't know. I'd have to think hard on that. Um, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's the whole Ben Simmons thing and uh, that they're adding in Tobias Harris as, as a kind of a demand. So the, you know, the buzz had been uh, that Atlanta was interested, um, but having done their, you know, their due diligence, I, I just don't think they're willing to take on that kind of money uh, because that would put them into the tax. And, and so that doesn't really make sense. So the, you know, the one team I hear that that leaves, that's probably the favorite if there's a de- if there's a deal to be made it's probably the kings because i you know the if you if 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 you want like the crazy the crazy is that anybody i've heard but Tyrese Halliburton at this point could be traded which is like this is a team wow. that's been really bad for a really long time they haven't made the playoffs they've gotten lottery pick after lottery pick um you know not always a high lottery pick but still uh and they get Bagley instead of Aiton or or Trey Young uh, De'Aaron Fox is is really really talented, but he's having not his best season, and and he's mm-hmm. you know, shooting below. Last I checked, below thirty percent from three, uh, and so um, he was an untouchable. But at this point, literally anybody's movable. I've heard the one guy that they want to keep it. You know, they they want to keep more than one guy. But when push comes to shove, they would move anybody. But um, I don't know if they're ready to do. Like a deal that if it includes Fox and they're taking Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, now it's like, well, we're taking all this money and we're giving up arguably our best player. That becomes too rich. So I, I don't know how that compromises. But if you just look at the contracts like the Buddy Heels, the Harrison Barnes, the you know, Bagley, um, and then you have Fox, and then you have, you know, Rashawn Holmes, you have like you just go through the roster and it's like if anybody's available. I can come up with probably 20, 30 variations of what that could possibly be, uh, be it with Simmons or with Harris or both. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how this one works out. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's very... the one I'm watching. Hey, let's take just a quick second to talk about our friends at DraftKings. The NFL players are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team winning their game. Bet just $5 and you win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes also with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. you got to be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Very curious. Okay, let's shift to the Suns a little bit. First point I want to talk about is the curious case of Jalen Smith, uh, last year's number 10 pick. 
two drafts ago is number 10 pick. Um, he, so he makes around four and a half million. He was not tendered his third year contract uh, for the Suns, So he basically is now an unrestricted free agent this summer. He, the only, the most that the team that he finishes the year with can offer him next year is 4.7 million. Have you heard anything at all that, um, that, that contract prop that, that is a problem for teams and that would uh, depress his trade value? Uh, well, I mean, the good news is that in this market, teams don't have a lot of money, right? The The bad news is is that his money is below the taxpayer mid-level exception. It's it, it's 4.67, right? So that's the, yeah. the exact figure, give or take some change. The taxpayer mid-level exception, which is the lower mid-level, which uh, just about every team, every team will have at least, well, any team that's under at the cap that. will have... Will have more money than than what the Suns can pay. Jan. Any team over the cap will have at least six point uh, rough number estimates six point two million, and then uh, a sizable amount of teams will have ten point one. So all it takes is a team to offer six point two or ten point one. Now I I don't know if he's earned like he's he's a prospect. He had a few good games when he was pressed into service uh, because of the protocols and all that and injuries and such. So. Is it a, a safe investment to say I'm going to go get Jalen Smith and give him a, a contract starting at $10 million, a multi-year deal? Probably not. But if you offer him like a two-year deal at like $6 million starting, there's nothing the Suns can do about it. And they've wasted an asset. So I, 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 don't, I don't like the decision. It doesn't make any sense. If you're going to yeah. do that, you have to trade the player flat out. Like I tell – this is something I've been talking about dating years and years ago. Like if you're going to decline an option, you need to trade the player. And you need to trade them before you decline the option because you let the other team make that decision. You're diminishing the value. And yeah. sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's it's six and one half dozen. But in this particular case where, like a lot of times it's not like Jarrett Culver. Like is Jarrett Culver, the, the Grizzlies decline his option. Is he going to get an outrageous offer? Probably not. He's not getting enough opportunity. But you know you don't know where injuries take you, you know. And and the Grizzlies took on Culver from Minnesota as a trade where it was like they that was like they just it was a money deal for for mm -hmm. Memphis. They 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 profited whether it was considerations or whatever. So they just for them it was just like whatever they declined because he's not even their player even though he's on their roster. But still that's a risk, you know. But I I get it. Um, I it, I don't know. A third year option is so rare to decline. That's something that the Suns right. seem to do. Right. Um, like if the player is like flat out awful, has like personal issues that are di too difficult to deal with. He doesn't show up for practices, you know, like he's, you know, got terrible, um, you know, personality, uh, hang hanging around with people, unprofessional. And to be honest, like, you know, some people might want to assign that kind of awful reputation on the NBA players, but that's more or less, you know, a stereotype that's absolute bullcrap. And like 90% of the players, 95, whatever, that I've come across in 20 years are just like, you know, young adults who are great, you know, great young men, great athletes, mm -hmm. great people. And of course, there are some people I've come across who I haven't gotten along with as well as others, but I've never looked at them as like, you know, evil, bad people. So I'm, you know, and, and there have been some who come through who are, are, irresponsible you know but they don't last and they don't stick around much i don't think jalen i've never heard anything that suggests jalen smith is one of those guys you know what i'm saying it's like no he's actually super nice the only issue i think was that they just didn't 
coming into the season, they didn't see him being worth that kind of, you know, 4.7 million on the books for a guy who just doesn't play. Like he, uh, they've got a lot more depth at center than they had last year. And he just doesn't, he can't do that in a forward. He can't move fast move well enough on the perimeter in their scheme. So, but yeah, you're right. They should have traded him rather than, than uh, declining him and just give, let somebody else figure it out and, and get him on a new system. I'm just worried that now that he's outplayed because he's played so well in the, in the few weeks that, that he had a chance that now he's outplayed that 4.7 number and no team's going to want to acquire him and be stuck with losing him um, at the end of the year, unless they're just looking for a salary dump. Like if they're just looking for space and they want him to leave at the end of the year, they certainly can let him leave like any expiring contract. Well, I mean, it, it, at least it's an expiring contract where you have some upside that you, you know, you might be able to keep him. And, and like there, you would have to get a real sense of, of whether he's going to get an offer from somewhere, which he might, but he might not like, those exceptions are really precious to teams. The yeah. the bigger one, it, it triggers a hard cap. So uh, you might find a team that is going to spend their $10 million or whatever, no matter what, because they're not worried about a hard cap, and that's going to happen. Out of all the players who are available, it's not a great free agent market. Do they go after Jalen Smith? Now, there just aren't a lot of bigs. Like, there's Mo Bamba. Obviously, these, there's DeAndre Ayton, who's in a whole different stratosphere. Uh, when it comes to you know the kind of money he's going to get, uh, but there's Mitchell Robinson, uh, Montrez Harrell, Thomas Bryant, um, and there is Andre Drummond, and and uh, you know I, I'm I'm leaving out a few like Nicholas Claxton, and um, I mean there are other prospects. Isaiah Hartenstein, you know the Clippers have that a similar kind of issue there where they don't have his his rights either, and um, because he's you know he hasn't been with the team that long, uh, but he's been really you know, really good for them. Uh, so, you know, like, and I'm, I'm leaving out a few, there's definitely other talent out there. There's no guarantee that Jalen Smith out of a, you know, playing for two weeks is the guy that right. teams target, and you still know, only for their 21 mindset. years old too. So he's got a lot, uh, a contender won't necessarily want to put him in their rotation because they want to look at, get a guy who's more predictable and more of a veteran, I would think. So that to be a, uh, you know, a, a young up and coming team, who wants to take a flyer on him? And you're right. They're not going to want to blow that kind of money. So maybe it wasn't such a bad thing to, um, to cause he's not going to outplay that, that 4.7 million, even, even having that good two weeks. Right. And we're assuming that like, if the sun's decline that number, then they probably don't want to pay him that number. So if you're only going to offer him like a minimum or 3 million or whatever, then, you know, he's probably going to go somewhere else and he's probably going to go somewhere else where he has a chance to play for the reasons you stated, which is if they have, a lot of center depth, why is he going to want to stay? So, you know, right. when you have an unrestricted free agent versus restricted, you're giving them the full agency to make their decision. You don't have a say. When someone's restricted, it doesn't matter where they want to go. Like Mo Bamba can go, try to go anywhere in the world, but he you know, he can't go anywhere if the Magic want to retain him. Miles Bridges can go anywhere, but Charlotte, all they have to do is say, no, we'll keep you for whatever that other team offers, and he, he has no say, whereas in this particular situation, it could be anywhere where he and and if I'm the agent, I'm I'm having him play where he has an opportunity. You know where right. where where is there a dearth of size on a team where where they need where they're going to give minutes to a young player and they're going to need to play him. And if that means you know leaving the Suns, you, you basically in my mind you threw away a number ten pick. You know you should have just traded that pick before you made it right. if you were going to take it on a player 
who plays the same position as your you know franchise center and you're not you're looking to add more depth veteran depth at center so that you know i, I don't know like that you had dario who was healthy at some point didn't was he was he healthy when they drafted jalen had he yeah, had that injury uh, yet he was healthy when they drafted Jalen. right but he so was, he was about to be a free agent himself um yeah monty williams recently said he saw a little bit of he saw a little bit of Jeremy Grant type in Jalen Smith in terms of being able to maybe play a forward who can stretch the floor, make some threes, and play some defense. But man, that guy's always profiled more like a Rishon Holmes than a Jeremy Grant. Right. You know, if his ceiling is somewhere between Hakeem Warwick, you've been around long enough to remember Hakeem Warwick, right? Of course. Uh, and uh, Rishon Holmes, I mean, that's there. There's a cap on that kind of player on on how where he can play and where he can get big minutes. Um, so we'll, we'll just see, let me ask you about it. Is there any trade value in Dario? You, you brought up Dario's name. He's got 9 million next year. He's not going to play this year. Um, except maybe at the very end of the year, but he's certainly not going to be somebody's like playoff, um, uh, a big playoff rotation piece. Is he a salary? Uh, is he, can he, does any team want him because he's got money into next year too? So, uh, I would say that like the most valuable players, in trade back aren't actually players their trade exceptions you know what i mean so if you can trade into the pelicans trade exception there are a lot of teams that have some i mean i, I don't want to say a ton that have large exceptions that they may be willing to use now like the celtics have a 17 million dollar exception for fournier but they just made a move uh with wancho hernan gomez to basically reduce their payroll and they're trying to get out of the tax so i don't know if they're likely to use that now uh because they're they're trying to save money and that that sure. exception expires in July so it's the sort of exception you save for the draft and and free agency and use later whereas the hornets not the yeah. hornets the pelicans are are in a better so not every team will use that exception but uh so there Dario doesn't have as much value as just getting off of money altogether that he has 9 million uh you know a team would have you know, that he's hurt you know, you don't know how he's going to be when he comes back. Um, he's kind of a, he's not necessarily a starter. You know what I mean? Like at best case, he was a really nice small ball center, basically. Uh, the way the Suns played him, I thought was really smart. And that played to his strengths. Um, but it, it would it would have to be attached to probably Jalen Smith, uh, potentially Abdel Nader. Uh, you know, the, the, the Suns don't have a ton of draft compensation um they could amend the pick that they owe to the to the thunder to to just give it change to protections right. mm -hmm. um you could do a two years after trade which is basically saying like two years after the pick to oklahoma city in 2022 so 2024 and it would bump all the way back down to 2027 you know like there 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 are ways to get another first out to make it worth a team's while i the, the long rumor had been thaddeus young as the target Mm -hmm. uh, where if you can get the Spurs to take Dario and, and that might not be a problem for them, uh, you know, like he might fit them next year and next they get year. something out of it that is worth, you know, Thad Young is probably a buyout candidate and yeah. maybe the Suns can just wait and sign him. But but I do know that the Spurs are open to trading him and that I we don't know if, you know, like if he's, if he's going to go somewhere else and you're the Suns and you want him, Who I think we just got a freeze on Eric's connection.
Um, yep. There you are. Are you back? There you are. Yeah, yeah, we dropped out for a second. I'm just yeah. saying you don't know if Darius Sharich picks you or not. Not sorry, if Thaddeus Young picks you or not. If right. he goes to free agent, if, if he's, he's buyout. He's a buyout, right. Mm -hmm. Although the Suns, you can argue it because, you know, they're a contender. But the Suns, in theory, can't reach out to Thad's agent. But in reality, they do. But you could right. also ask permission. <laughs> you could ask permission of the Spurs to talk to his agent. And if you get formal permission, then you can have that conversation. And it, and most buyouts, almost all buyouts, work where that's prearranged, where the team says, "Go ahead and find a, a you know a new home, and then we'll buy buy you out." So that certainly is feasible. That you could, that you could right. end, and and they would, in theory, have that until before they made a trade. But obviously, the Spurs are 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 better off saying no. You can't talk to him before the trade deadline because you know they want to up his value to try to get a trade. So they would you know, but that doesn't mean that conversation wouldn't happen. Uh, you know, behind the scenes. Okay. Last question. I, uh, last player I want to talk about is DeAndre Ayton. Um, you mentioned in your last week's article that the Pistons are looking for a young center this summer. They're willing, they're going to have a lot of money this summer. DeAndre Ayton will be a restricted free agent and that it's possible that those two uh, might match up and the Pistons could offer the max or, or some kind of contract or restricted free agency offer for Aiden, um, how solid is that? Or were you just putting the the pieces together? Had you had you heard anything? Um, well, uh, you know, the intel is is that they're very much interested in adding a young center to the core. I had heard to play with Cade Cunningham and, and Sadiq Bay as the the pieces that are pretty much locked in. I mean, there were some rumors that they went after Ben Simmons and Sadiq Bay might have been a part of that offer. I don't know for sure, um, but my intel is that Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham, and a young center. Plus whatever compensation they can get, you know, whoever they get in the draft, uh, and you know whatever else they can, you know, that can wrangle, uh, and so that young center Aiton stands out as a franchise for them, a franchise changing piece. Um, you know, a lesser consideration might be Mobamba compared to Aiton. Mobamba would be a good get for the Pistons, absolutely. I'm just saying, it, probably a, a step down uh, on their list uh, as far as you know they would certainly prefer Aiden. Um, so the, the question that is around the league, you know, a lot of people are trying to gauge what the Suns are going to do. Most people I talk to almost all think that it's a lock that they're, they're going to keep him, that they're, they'll match any offer. And like from a salary cap point of view, from the way that the Suns handled it, it makes perfect sense. Like why would you negotiate and bid against yourself and, yeah lock them in you know long term and and the answer is is you look at what denver's done you look at some other teams have done they're proactive they want to make sure the players are happy that they want to be there that they don't sour that relationship and so are you going to quibble over the difference between what they will get and what you might be able to get so eight percent raises versus you know five percent raises is that worth arguing over the number of years can change like mm -hmm. um I personally know that like the Sam Amick article sometime back that had like Jalen Jones saying explicitly what the agent was willing to discuss and what they weren't willing to discuss. James, right. And yeah. James said, yep. James Jones. Right. And then uh, also uh, what, you know, in that same article, there was basically, you know, the agent, they didn't quote the agent by name, but basically saying the agent said that's the opposite of true. From what I understand, the, you know what the Suns are saying and what the agents saying are diametrically opposed, 
And then it becomes a question of who do you trust and who do you believe? Right. You know, an agent who, you know, uh, he's represented by Bill Duffy and Associates and and uh, and Nima Namakian. And uh, so Bill Duffy, Nima Namakian, those guys have been around, you know, Bill's been around forever. Uh, Nima's younger guy, but he's been around a very long time. And they're, they both have very strong reputations. Mm. And they're not the kind of agents who are known for um, really being manipulative. Manipulative, right. you know what I mean? So... And the Suns, I don't, I don't know. It's possible that it's absolutely true. I don't know James Jones well enough uh, to say that he would, you know, fib. But I do know that part of your job, literally, is to play poker and to not always say the truth. That's like inherent in the job of running a team. And uh, you know, in a perfect world, everyone's fully honest all the time. But that's not how you run an NBA team. It's just not. You have to, you have to fib a bit to manipulate things, and that's just the way it works. So. Um, Putting it all together, the Thunder can get to an eight number if they really want to. I really think because they have all the assets in the world to trade to get out of uh, Derek Favors if they to another team, not necessarily you know. So they could easily get not easily, but they can get to that. There aren't many other teams that can, uh, but they might make that run now at the deadline to get to cap room so that maybe they can make a run at eight, and that's certainly possible. The, the the other side of the coin is that, like I said, most people say that he's you know they'll they'll match any offer. Uh, that some people say that what they did you know I wish more teams would do instead of just giving these big contracts to players because uh, like Michael Porter Jr. like the Nuggets yeah right. like they were great they worked on they have a I'll great have relationship now right right and they gave a supermax or what's not technically a supermax Potential. but equivalent uh -huh. right um, and. You know the Suns didn't do any of that, and and you know they argue that they wouldn't that that Aiden's people wouldn't talk anything less than that. But you know that was the dispute. Uh, but what I understand is like Aiden's very possibly he very possibly could sign a shorter deal, uh, an offer sheet uh, with um, another team like the Pistons or whatever. That would be instead of four years, it would be three years, and it would be an option, a player option. So. You're basically getting Aiton for two more years, and he he would get a trade bonus. He would get as much advanced as they would make it as ugly as possible mm -hmm. for the Suns, and the Suns may say, "Cool, we don't care," and you know we'll write out the the uh, the Chris Paul era, and and we'll just get two years of Aiton, and so for them it's not as long of a commitment, and then you maybe after a period of time. Uh, they can maybe a year they could look to trade Aiden and see if there's, you know, see if Carl Anthony Towns finally decides he wants to leave Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's getting better. So maybe by then Minnesota's actually a good team and Carl Anthony Towns is super happy. Or maybe at that point they've continued to not make the playoffs and, you and know, Carl Anthony. Go somewhere else. Right. right. And then you have something to offer them because now you have Aiden and, you know, Aiden probably, you know, he might have, you know, some you know, ill thoughts of the Suns based on how they worked his money, maybe. And maybe the Wolves with A-Rod, who, you know, taking over as the the owner, you know, maybe they're rolling out the red carpet and they're, you know, work it, you know, they they're able to to work an extension or whatever. And he 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 spends the rest of his career with Minnesota. And the Suns get Carl Anthony Towns, who's a younger player, not not younger than um than Aiden, Aiden but, but he's young, 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 he's a young player. And so you you have someone who's on the same timeline as Booker, 
And then your focus is on how do you p- replace Chris Paul, and, and that becomes a whole other question. But yeah. that's not today's topic. That's uh, a topic for a year or two from now. So. Yeah, it is a top. Yeah, but that's, all these things have to be under consideration. I think the bottom line for the Suns is whatever happens this coming summer with Aiton, it's going to cost them less than what the agents wanted to start negotiations last summer. If you believe that. Agents, well, I mean, look, he's the only, he would have been the only, uh, only what, the third number one pick not to get a max or fourth number one pick not to get a max extension um off the you know off his rookie deal so i think they were initially pushing and then the sons just said nah we don't want to talk anymore um i don't i don't know exactly what happened but if i'm their agent i would have pushed for the up to 30 percent if he makes all nba kind of deal so worst case they get to um uh the sons can keep him on less money this coming summer just because of the raises and the number of years and right stuff. well i mean if the agent was willing to take if a 25% four year max if then basically if if he were to take an offer sheet that's a four year offer sheet like a normal yeah. offer sheet the only difference is between 5% and 8% raises and yet you had all this drama so i'm not saying uh, no I, I, yeah done. i agree that they should not have done the drama they should have just gone ahead and done the sun should they have just found a com- i think a compromise was somewhere to be found yeah. however I like from a cap perspective, what the Suns did is perfectly normal and fine. It's just not how you treat a number one pick in right. most cases. That's and that's just concern. Right. And so whatever. I mean, do you worry about the human side of it or do you say you're making the best basketball salary cap decision? And that's something you can debate. And we won't have that answer until we find out what happens with Hayden and um, the, you know, right. what happens beyond that. Con- does he sign a short contract? Do they work out a longer contract? You know, does he work out? Does he pan out? Does he continue to grow or does he, you know, reach a plateau? You know, these are all the kind of questions we don't have answers to. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Eric, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it getting us up to speed on the latest on the deadline. Eric, tell us where we can find you around the web. Uh, well, the best place is typically uh, on Twitter at Eric Pincus, E-R-I-C. P-I-N-C-U-S. You should be able to see it. I guess we're well, we're all audio today, so you can't see it on the screen. But uh, <laughs> I'll share uh, it yes, in the notes. You should share it. But yeah, basically, I write for Bleacher Report. Uh, I, I teach at Sports Business Classroom, uh, which is uh, an educational program to help people get into the NBA uh, professionally, not as players, uh, but as as executives. Well, you usually, you know, you don't start out as an executive. Uh, well, sometimes you do, but most cases you don't. Uh, most times, you you know, you might start with the G League team. You might work with, uh, uh, you know, an agent. You might work with whatever. And and we really pride ourselves in 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 getting a lot of people opportunity. We have students who are are literally running G League teams as general managers. So it's it's a really exciting thing uh, to be a part of that. Uh, so I've done this job for a long time, and to help other people, uh, you know, get this get into this field, it's it's pretty pretty dang cool. But yeah, Eric Pinkus on Twitter is the the easiest way. Thank you so much for your time, Eric. I'm Dave King. You can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter, and you can find my work at brightsideofthesun.com if you'd like to read instead of, you know, as well as listen, I guess. Thank you so much, Eric, and you have a good day, and we'll be in touch again soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Dave. Hey, this is Dave. Before you go, I just need one more minute of your time. Being at a basketball game is such a rush. Screaming at the top of your lungs, high-fiving the person next to you, enjoying that last shot by the Suns. There's no better feeling than that instant camaraderie you get with thousands of other Suns fans at a stadium. 
We at brightsideofthesun.com and the Solar Panel Podcast are proud to give that game time experience to new fans every year. We call it Brightside Night. We donate game tickets to targeted groups around the Valley who've never had a live game experience. Over the past five years, that's been underprivileged kids. We've sent over 10,000. This year, we're focusing on healthcare heroes and first responders who've put their lives on the line to save others. Now, we want to give back to them. Let's thank them with tickets to the February 16th Suns-Rockets game. All it costs you is 11 bucks. What you get out of it is not only the satisfaction of helps, helping somebody, but also of getting something for yourself. You're either in a raffle at the very least, or you get gifts, you get goods, you get tickets, whatever it is. You make a donation, you also get something out of it. Go to sons.com slash brightside. That's sons.com slash brightside. Brightside's one word. Make your donation now. It only takes a couple of minutes and you're not even going to miss the money. That's one of the proudest accomplishments of my life to do this. And I hope it's going to be one of yours too. That's contributing to Brightside Night is a huge deal. That's sons.com slash brightside. 